Hey, what's up, people? Hampton, how y'all doing? Good morning. It's a good day to be alive. Just want to say, uh, what's up to all my listeners out there? I appreciate y'all uh, tuning in. Uh, the topic today is going to be um, these uh, these police man. From a Chicano perspective, you know, how do y'all feel about these um, these policemen, you know? A lot of people out there don't really see from our perspective. I know that uh, Black Lives Matter. I know that, you know, everybody pretty much sees the police differently. And um, I think that the... Mexicanos, the Chicanos, the Mexican-Americans, you know, do see the police as a threat. I think the blacks or African-Americans, you know, do see the police as a threat. And I I think that most white people, most, not all, most white people see the police as like, you know, their, um, their protection from us. So... I mean, it's really not like they're going to be on our side when we come to uh, having conversations or discussions like this. And I don't mean to sound um, negative or whatever, but I mean, you know, you got to look at the world in which we live today and um, demographics are changing. And um, that means that, you know, we're becoming more and more and more and more and more of a... um, concern to um, white people. You know, there was a particular time in the um, slave trade, which was a horrible thing, not discounting it at all. I'm actually uh, giving it great significance in the fact that, you know, I mean, it was a horrible thing that white people did. You know, it was one of the biggest atrocities, in my opinion, outside of the genocide of uh, Native Americans, all tribes of America, 100 million, you know, I mean, slavery was, you know, the second worst thing that America did other than just, you know, kill a whole people off. Um, And the reason that I bring that up is because, you know, there was a particular time, I think slavery started like in 1602 when they started bringing, uh, you know, African Americans, uh, you know, down into the... um, you know, the Caribbean islands or, you know, those little islands uh, like the Dominican Republic, Haiti and uh, Jamaica and all that other stuff. But, you know, when they first started bringing um, Africans, you know, to these uh, countries, you know, before they were Americans, they were doctors, lawyers, you know, they were, um, you know, people that, you know, lived in communities just like ours. And uh, we don't know how great those civilizations were. We don't know um, a lot of things about our own civilizations that were here before because a lot of that information was wiped out. So um, it was a big deal to take all those people, all those family members, all those fathers, sons, daughters, wives. Um, But what I'm really getting at is by taking all those people, um, those people again, they started to become families again. Once they became 
uh, you know, I guess property of the slave masters and they started, you know, uh, headquartering them, you know, in these, um, these, uh, these uh, slave uh, plantations, you know, they started doing ugly things, raping them, breeding them, making different classes like mulattoes, but they got so many of them and they were breeding so many of them and there were so many of them that the white man started to get scared. Because remember, they were only killing the Native Americans. They weren't killing the African Americans. That was like property to them. And property is a big deal to white people if you haven't already figured that out. So, never want to sound one sided. I try to put as much sensitivity in it as I can, but I mean, it's just. It's not my fault. This sounds horrible. Why do people do these things? I can't sugarcoat it. I can't make it sound good or bad or indifferent. I just gotta tell you what it is, and um, I can't pussyfoot around. It. And what I'm what I'm getting at is they had to stop slate bringing in Africans after about 250 years, something like that, give or take, because they noticed that it was becoming more and more and more of a growing concern to them. And when I say concern, that's a threat. Um, they didn't want to have, uh, you know, over 15% of the population, or they had a particular number that scared them, uh, you know, because they knew that that number would grow over time and um, it could, uh, you know, become extinction of their race. And um, that's what we're kind of seeing today. Um, they kind of already uh, foresaw that and tried to keep the number as, um, you know, minimal as they could keep it without, you know, I guess, um, ruining their economy or, you know, they still had a certain amount of greed. Uh, so they wanted to have, you know, more than what they probably could take on. And, um, you know, that's why we have, um, so many, um, African-Americans, you know, in the country today is because, uh, you know, they started, uh, becoming families. They started, um, you know, getting their own rights and stuff like that and becoming, you know, human again, you know, with their, uh, found, you know, their freedoms that they finally were granted by, um, you know, later on, uh, in politics, whether it be Abraham Lincoln or whoever. Um, but what I'm getting at, um, with all this is that we have cops that I think were always designed to protect um, the white folks. You know, they were never designed to um, protect, not, not, not initially, not originally, you know. Um, they were and it's sad, it's sad because I would like to believe that, um, you know, they were designed to protect us. That'd be good, that'd be real cool. Um, but, you know, let's face the facts, you know, they were designed to protect them. And if you look at the past and you look at um, history and you um, see that, you know, they were um, putting little kids in the electric chair, um, you know, for crimes that they ended up finding out were um, not crimes that they committed. You know, these, these I saw... Uh, an electric chair, a, a child, a black child. Um, he looked no more than, you know, 
10. Uh, maybe he was 11 or 12, but he looked like he was about, seriously, between the ages of 9 and 11. That's why I say 10. Um, you know, and they put a, they, they put one of those, they, they, they tied him up in a chair. And what I'm getting at, they found out that he was, uh, you know, um, he was innocent. But um, black people, uh, Mexican-Americans, Native Americans, we never had a trial of our peers. That'd be a good, that'd be a good topic. Um, we never had a trial of our peers. You know, the people that judged us were always the people that were against us, that hated us, that saw us in their media as bad, uh, rogue, uh, dirty, um, hideous, stupid, ignorant, savages, animals. Uh, that's what they always, uh, you know, said about, uh, you know, the Native American, or the, the African American, the blacks and the Mexicans. So coming from that type of um, origin, you know, police officers were intertwined with the KKK. Uh, you know, back in the day, there were plenty of police officers that were members of the KKK. This was pretty normal. Um, and, uh, you know, before the civil rights movement, I mean, it was safe to say that when I say it was significant, I'm talking about percentages, you know, as high as 50% or more. You know, especially in the deep south, um, you know, I mean, it was real prevalent, you know, it was always over 50% of these, uh, you know, police officers were, you know, members of the KKK. Um, so, you know, that being said, you know, those origins, uh, you know, coming from like, you know, why cops, why police officers? And I mean, I'm, I'm for police officers. Don't get me wrong. I think that, you know, police officers... Um, are not all bad. I think that, you know, we have plenty of black police officers, plenty of Mexican-American uh, police officers, plenty of uh, police officers that are not white. And I, I, I'm honestly uh, true in the fact that um, I would rather be apprehended, uh, you know, by uh, someone that, you know, is more like me. That way they could be empathetic or sympathetic towards me and uh, the kind of issues that we go through. Um, you know, I think that's very important. Um, but, you know, we do have a huge problem right now with, uh, and I'm going to say it. I know a lot of people don't want to hear because it, it just sounds so negative, but it's just the only way to say it. It's the truth. It's a fact. White cops are killing black people. White cops are killing Mexican people. White cops are killing Native Americans and they're getting off. You know, this isn't just happening in uh, the United States. This is happening in Canada. This is happening in uh, Central America. This is happening in South America. I mean, white people run America now. There is not one piece of America that, um, you know, allows us to dictate our own future, that allows us to be dignified or have enough integrity to protect our resources, our land, our culture. And everything like that. We we don't we don't we don't have that. And um, you know it's 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 sad because these protections come at the power of the people who vote and the people that put in the mayors, the governors, the uh, politicians that um, you know control the house or the senate. Um, you know it's it's. Uh, 
the police out there are just, I mean, like I'll give you an example. Here in Dallas, Texas, we just had a uh, white 31-year-old uh, uh, convicted of uh, murder uh, just because the public demanded it. She's going to be out on parole in five years. The reason I could say that with certainty is because, I mean, she's a white woman. And, I mean, she had that jury, like, pretty much eating out of her hand. I mean, she's cute. She's young. She's blonde. I think, you know, she's... I'm not sure if her eyes are blue or not, but, I mean, she... She she looks like, you know, like, uh, you know, like Miss America kind of, you know, resemblance, you know, like, uh, you know, what you would consider, uh, you know, as a uh, white female that um, doesn't look like she'd do no harm. Uh, she looks like, you know, she's in, 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 in the thing that I'm also getting at is she's starting to, you know, cry like throughout the whole, uh, you know, uh, she's like doing this little whimpering, sobering, like, oh, yes, yes, your honor. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know, throughout the whole trial. And this is a police officer that was out there saying, put your hands up, you know, like, you know, yelling at people. Now she's all Miss Little um, Princess, you know, in this in this uh, courtroom arena. And um, I'm not hating or anything like that. I'm just saying, man, you know, imagine if that was me. Imagine if that was my homeboy, you know, Nakia or Theo or... Uh, you know, Fernie. <laughs> I'm bringing up some old school names because I remember being young. I remember getting pulled over. I remember being harassed by the cops. I mean, I still am to a degree at this point, but now it's I'm a little bit more wiser. And I mean, I just, you know, I know I got to basically bow down to these motherfuckers. I can't, I cannot have them shoot me over some stupid shit. And I know how trigger happy they are. And if y'all don't, y'all better recognize because that's why a lot of y'all dumb motherfuckers are getting shot too. Because y'all got to realize that these motherfuckers are, they are gunning for you. They are gunning for us. They are looking for a reason to pull that fucking trigger. And it's not that they're, uh, you know, fearing for their life because that's, that's, that's what she said. She said that she was fearing for her life. She walked into another man's apartment. 26 year old had his whole life in front of him but he was black she didn't even call him a human they called him they, they reduced him to a silhouette and, and the biggest part of the whole case is, is if you really 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 get down into it and try to you know decipher all the facts and uh, you know look at what she did and look at how she portrayed this and portrayed that and look at this look at that I mean you can get into like, I mean, spend hours and hours and hours of looking at footage and everything that's on YouTube, the whole case. And you know what you're going to see? You're going to see the same thing I saw. No real empathy. No real sympathy. She really didn't care about this dude. She said she wanted to kill him. She feared for her life. That's what she was taught to do. That was her, um, that was her testimony. That's the testimony that got her 10 years. 
In five years, she'll have, she'll be up for parole. And she'll get it. Because everybody thinks she's innocent. If they don't reverse it before she goes to prison or whatever. In the appellate courts or whatever. Yeah, that's what's going to... I mean, but what I'm saying, she really didn't care. If she cared, man, if she really, really cared, and if you really, really want to uh, try to, you know, figure me out or call me a racist or call me uh, one-sided or think, if you ever think that I am, really go and do your homework, do your research and find out about this case. Spend the time that I spent on looking at it and you will find that this woman never cared about this man. And that dude could have been a father. He could have been, um, you know, a lot of things, but he didn't even have the chance to become those things because he was only 26 years old. That means eight years ago, he was barely uh, supposedly, uh, like most people getting out of high school. But this kid was talented and gifted and bright. He, I think he graduated high school before that and got accepted into college before that. He was already going to become a partner at his accounting firm. I mean, he was a bright individual. He was like one of the only people picked on his island because his mom and them were like from an island um, to actually be um, one of the few chosen people that got selected, um, you know, to go to a particular school. I don't know all the details on it, but I do know that he was um, advanced, um, you know, for his uh, age and uh, for where he was coming from. So, he was the son of somebody. He was the brother of somebody. And he laid there dying on the ground. This woman lied on, on the court. I don't know how much she lied, but I know that she lied to certain degrees. Because certain things did not make up. Did not, did not add up. You know? She tried to make it sound, and she was deceptive. You know, she was sleeping with her uh, married uh, partner. Martin, something or other. Uh, he had been on the force for a long time. She had been on the force for like over a year. I want to say like three years or something. You know, but she was not like some noob. She was already an advanced um, uh, a police officer. Uh, to where she, um, I, I, she had to have been at least with her for three years. And um, what I was going to say is, is that she, um, she didn't care. And she didn't, she didn't, she, she, she lied about not really um, knowing CPR or the way that she made it sound is like she didn't understand how to do CPR. Or, you know, she had never learned how to do it on a real person. Yet they go through the academy and everything and they learn how to do CPR. And she was waiting for them to come do it. But yet you see her out on her phone. You see her walking. You see her pacing. You see her, um, you know, text messages. You know, her logs of calls that were made in between the police showing up. And when they did uh, get her on the phone, you know, she's talking about, I'm going to lose my job and I'm fucked. These are verbatim specific words that she said. In one of the first uh, interactions with the 911, she continued to say, I thought I was on my own apartment. She said it like, I mean, 
it was like almost 20 times. I thought it was like 30 times, but I, I, you know, I heard like a transcript of where they counted it and it was like 19 or 18 times. Um, and it seemed like way more than that because I, I heard the 911 call, but, um, yeah, she said it so much that you could just tell that she was more worried, um, about herself because I mean, think about it. If it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, and they're losing blood and they're dying, they got shot. Let's say you accidentally shot them two times in the body. Or somebody shot them. What are you going to do? I'm not a doctor, but I mean, I'm going to pull off that shirt or I'm going to pull off that clothes to wherever that wound is. And I'm going to stop the blood. That's the only thing that I know that I could possibly do to help my brother. Let's just say me and my brother were playing with a gun. I shot him and he's bleeding on the ground. Man, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, there was no blood on her hands. You know, I don't know at what point you're supposed to do CPR, but, you know, I mean, she could have did something. She has a kit with gauze, and she could have stopped the blood. There was no blood on her uniform. Um, she never talked. Um, like, you know, she was really, really trying to do something for him. And um, that's the part that just gets me about a lot of these um, interactions with, you know, melanated people and white people. Hey, Chicanos, I mean, I'm talking to y'all too, man. So don't think that I'm just trying to make this all like a, a black issue. I mean, I love learning from our uh, African-American brothers and sisters. You know, I don't want to go through that shit. If I can learn from, you know, anybody, I would. That's why I talk so highly sometimes of the Jews. You know, I admire what they have, the Asian people. I admire how they stick together. I admire how they take over, uh, you know, businesses or certain um, professions. And they love each other and they make sure that they give back to the community, you know. And this is my way of giving back to the community is by saying, hey, wake up, people. We're stronger together. We're strong if we're all together. But once we start fighting against each other and start saying that, oh, man, there's no value and um, listening to the elders or, um, you know, building up the community or helping your family. Once you see that there's no value in that, then you are a piece of shit because you end up being a piece of shit and your family ends up being a piece of shit. Now you're a piece of shit. So, anyways, um, I just wanted to talk about cops, guys. You know, um, if you feel the same way, maybe you like the episode. If you don't feel the same way, hey, maybe you didn't like the episode. But I'm going to keep on making these things, and I'm going to keep on getting better. And I'm going to probably end up just finding out what, um, you know, most people like. And I'm just going to start tweaking my uh, my shows, uh, you know, a little here, a little there. 
but they're going to continue. Promise that. I believe that. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in, and um, I'll catch y'all on the next one.